Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, may likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Fans, welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast. Earlier this week, we had a bonus episode previewing Impact Rebellion, even mm-hmm. though it came out late. Yeah, no, whose fault is that? Just before the pay-per-view, and I was editing right down up until it started, and, you know, eventually you got to watch the pay-per-view start. You did did get it on YouTube first, though. We actually had it on YouTube, I think, before it started, right? Yeah, because that's that's the easiest to trim. I don't cut all the ums and ahs out of that. Uh, That is just the straight... You know, kind of do any video formatting issues that I've got and then get it up because I did want to get it up for some kind of before the pay-per-view moment. So if you fans think this will be up on time, I'll just tell you this. When I said to Joe, this is for tomorrow, he's already said, hopefully. (laughs) To be fair, we do have a live show after this. I know. And then tonight, loaded episode of MLW. AEW looks good, too. Mm. Guys, wrestling is not letting up on us, and neither is the Working Fans Podcast. We're the guest of honor, baby. (laughs) Because we are here to review Impact Rebellion 2021. Before we get into the show overall, what were your quick overall thoughts of the show? I liked it. You know, I really like it. It's so funny. I think we were just talking about this. Before, guy we do shows with sometime, Cage My Q. Dan Backley. Dan Backley, yeah. He had brought up a good point to me that the Impact Tag Champions are from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the Impact Heavyweight Champion is from AEW. And what an interesting development. And I was telling him, I think if Impact had a better channel, you know, better clearance other than access, they, no pun intended, would make a better impact. Because I really do think that... They have a lot of interesting stuff going on right now. You know, I mean, I think it says a lot about them that, hey, we're not afraid to do business with these companies and we're not afraid to put other talent over. We're trying to create a good, interesting story here. And I think they are, if anyone gives them a chance. Now, there's some 
carny shit that goes on there too, like all wrestling. But still, overall, very good show. Yeah, now this is the best I would say Impact has looked in a while. And I mean, I've been a fan of Impact, but it seems like Impact's undoing is almost like when they print up the t-shirt with the roster on it, the roster has already changed. Mm -hmm, And I mean, it always seems like one thing or another happens with them. And that's why it seems like whenever anybody gives them a chance, they don't take them seriously because there is some flub. And I saw very little of that on this show, but let's get into the body of it. Mm-hmm, Matt mm-hmm. Strike starts off this show. Sleazy. There's a good opening package, but Matt Stryker gives you that killer intro where he just verbally introduces the show as soon as they hit the arena. And I thought it was a good way to get excited for what you're going to watch that night. Him and D'Lo Brown. Needs a haircut, pal. (laughs) Yeah, that hair is looking wild. Mm -hmm. But first match on the show, TJP versus Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin for the X Division Championship. I honestly thought the eight-man tag was going to kick off the show, but this ended up being the perfect opener because very quick-paced action. These are three, like, highly skilled competitors Mm -hmm. and i mean tjp ace austin no question about their athleticism but to me not just because he won but josh alexander really stood out for some of the moves he pulled off just the overall athleticism that he showed what did you think of this i agree you know it's funny if you go back to our preview we both thought that they were going to keep the belt in austin since he had just won it and we thought maybe we'll see something with alexander down in the with the heavyweights, but obviously their heavyweight pitcher right now at Impact is pretty loaded, and the X Division has that kind of thing where you can get around it. It's not weight limits, it's no limits. So it's interesting, and he looked good. It was a great match. I'm a big fan of Josh Alexander. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I would say I'm such a big fan that I really do hope that we're going to see him down the road in that Impact World title pitcher in the next year, because I think he's just got tons and tons of potential. I mean, he can move, he can wrestle, he looks the part. I like him. Like he's been real solid over the last year as part of the North and the run they had, but seeing him in this solo role, I was like, wow, this guy could be one of those mainstays of the Federation. Absolutely. Now the one thing I didn't make note of is who we picked in the preview. We picked Austin. I remember that. I remember some of these. Maybe I'll remember them all as we go. I was going to say, there's a couple I remember because I had specific picks, but... There was two you differentiated on me that you were correct on, and then the only thing that you thought there'd be a fuck finish for the title match I, I at the time. Sure, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get all that, yeah. Hilo and Matt Stryker immediately <laughs> after this match, they kind of do a quick preview of the rest of the night, what's coming up. Very stacked card. Now, that night... We were talking, and we talked over the Eric Young in Violent by Design promo, (laughs) where it looks like Eric Young has his guys behind him, and he is talking to somebody. Now, we find out later who that is, but he kind of lets them know they've got, like, the specific vision. He's not in the group yet, but, you know, he fits what they're looking for. So that's why they've invited him. Right after that is an Eric Young, Violent by Design, James Storm video promo. 
lining up this match. And one thing Impact has done well, I think we can say easily in almost any of the forms that they've come back in is their video packages are on point. Yes, And this really set up the match following it, which is James Storm, Chris Sabin, Eddie Edwards, and Willie Mack versus Violent by Design, Diener, Rhino, Joe Doring, and filling in for Eric Young, Morrissey, maybe W. Morrissey. He's referred to as a couple different things during this match, mm-hmm. formerly known as Big Cass. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the match, Dave, Big Cass's return, what did you think? He was on SW Fury's pay-per-view the night before as uh, XL Cass. Which I thought was kind of a good name for him. Maybe yeah, I believe is. that's the name he uses on the indies. Mm-hmm. I thought Morrissey was, even though it's his real last name. Yeah, sounds like a cigarette. A dude named Morrissey that is a singer. Mm-hmm. It, it almost seemed like one of those things that, even if it's not necessarily trademarked, mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd want that confusion. Oh, Going back and listening during the match, D'Lo did refer to him as W. Morrissey a couple times. Yeah. His real name is William Morrissey. So I don't know if that's something that they're 100% set on yet. Probably Thursday on Impact, we'll see more how they're going to present him. But he's I a, was he's surprised a... that he came out with Violent by Design. Yeah, you yeah. already have a giant on your team in Joe right, Doring. Right. So. Kind of watered water. down a little bit. Um, he looked in super great shape. I'll give him that. I don't want to take anything away from him. But yeah, like uh, you know, Joe Doring, like he's a guy I want to see get pushed anyway. And now I fear that with two guys in there and this guy having, you know, been in the national spotlight, that Joe Doring might not get pushed. That's what I'm concerned about. We'll see how this all plays out. Overall, a good debut because it was what it was. It was an eight-man tag. So it was a good showcase. It's all going to be about what do we do next with these guys and how we're going to showcase them. I said to you there, I feel like Diener is kind of the odd-looking man out. Like He just does not Diener look is like definitely the odd man out. Ever since they broke up that team, I saw Jake something on the go-home show. Mm-hmm. Stacked. He looks... He looks like he fits in with his group. Like he if looks you had Rhino out yeah. of that team than Diener. Diener just makes a weird face all the time. <laughs> And I mean, Joe Doring is really the heart of the group to me. Rhino's not bad. Rhino's a veteran. Been around. I mean, it's just like you would if you had Jake something in there, you would have another monster though. Now you would have all these monsters led by Eric Young, who's like maniacal, and you know that can like lead him in that talk and everything. And even though Rhino's not as big as these guys, he's always kind of had that monster kind of thing with the gore, and he's a thick, thick boy. You know, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think that um, that would fit well, but whatever. It is what it is. They got Diener in there. Now, in my notes, I said where Josh Alexander stood out in a good way in that first match, yeah. Diener stood out in a mediocre to not good way in this. Yeah. And- so it's kind of funny. The adding of Morrissey is actually the one thing, like, it makes Diener look worse, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think Diener is only staying around because, as they said during the match, he was Eric Young's first follower. Mm-hmm. One thing that Impact did that I questioned during the show was they announced that Impact is trending number two on Twitter, which it's <laughs> funny because every time WWE announces it, 
they're always trending number one. Right, and right. I mean, I think even when we checked, Impact was trending number four. So mm. it seemed like a weird boast, but I mean, it's Impact. So things like this are going to happen, I guess. Moments like this are less and less on this show. There wasn't as much that made you look at them and go, ah, that's just Impact being Impact. Yeah. yeah. yeah last, I think one of the big shows they had was, uh, you heard Josh Matthews yell, is there a sound guy? What's going on? Did anybody do a mic check all day? And you can hear all this going on. Yeah, and there were minor production issues, but not many. Nothing like that. Thank God. Now, next up was the Myers versus Cardona video package, which everything they played, it seemed like they played video packages leading up to the matches. I was hyped for this match going in because, as everybody knows, these guys are friends for years. They have their own podcast. And the fact that they know each other, you almost expect that they're going to deliver a wild match. And I thought this match lived up to it. What was going on with Matt Cardona's entrance gear? I didn't like his gear. I thought that was stupid as shit. I don't know. It was like some friggin' Kmart, Road Warrior, Masters of the Universe, horns on his thing. Yeah, he came Um, out with horns on his shoulder pads, a cape, Nasty Boys inspired paint. Yes. The Nasty Boys part of it was probably the coolest. I thought it was weird entrance gear, but the rest of this match. I didn't like the ending either, though. I thought the ending was kind of strange. Well, we'll get there, but this was a hard hitting match. Good action all through, considering they're friends. I mean, Cardona gave him the radio silence on the floor. There was a lot of slamming each other into the guardrails. It was a very hard-hitting match, but bring up the end part of the match that kind of threw it off for you. Yeah, because yeah. he ends up having a knee injury, which is like a work knee injury. But, I mean, they played that part pretty well. He took a pretty good bump. But then the referee acts like he's going to stop the match, and Myers is like, here, let's help him out. And then Myers hits his clothesline, for those who don't know, the roster cut, which is a pretty good name. And he got the pin, but it's like, why are we even stopping the match? I hate these kind of endings where we're throwing up an X like this is a real injury. And then it's all to set up another move and the guy's just going to pin you anyway. Well, the thing to bring up about that, Myers launches Cardona over his head. Cardona Mm -hmm. lands. We noticed his knee did something weird, which I don't know if you can work something like that, like Mm -hmm. doing that. But he went down. They act like the match is going to stop. Myers, I don't know if it looked like he was going to go over and help, but he went over, something happened, and then he rolls up (coughs) and it was almost like you couldn't tell if it was real, if it was fake. It led to Myers looking like a good heel. I loved it, but it just led to that little bit of confusion that you didn't quite know what was going on with it. No, I mean, and by the way, this was one of the ones we differed on. I, although I thought I thought Myers was back, booked a little stronger in this. I figured that's why Cardona would get a win. But no, they're continuing to book Minor, Myers very strong in Impact right now. Myers is basically pretty much won all his matches in every little feud he's been in right now so far. So I know. I thought Ogle was going to come out and fuck the finish, but it's good mm-hmm. to see Myers go over. That's what I assumed. Yeah, yeah. Now, after this, we had Tony Khan backstage with Jerry yeah, yeah. Lynn, Tony Schiavone, and Aubrey Edwards. 
Scott Demore and Brian Hebner come in, and Tony Khan is the weirdest on-screen character. <laughs> I can't tell if he's nervous, if he's just got some weird social skills. He talks in an odd way. Yeah, I did find funny is him calling out Brian Hebner as a ref and saying he wouldn't screw anybody. Right, right. <laughs> Not going too deep into the whole screw job thing, but if you're familiar with who Brian Hebner is, who his father and his uncle are, it was an interesting segment. I I thought it was a good representation of AEW on the show and yeah. introducing that yeah. second ref. I thought for sure a screw job finish was going to happen based on this interaction. No, they kind of, I'm mean, not going to do it now, but they kind of teased the screw job finish, but never went there. You know, like we thought that Kenny had to chair at one point and Aubrey stopped it. And they never went with a screw job later on. So, yeah, interesting setup here for the second referee with Aubrey. And yeah, Tony Khan is a heel at impact. He's kind of an on stage, on stage character, which he's not in AEW, but. Yeah, he's weird. He's definitely he's, I don't know, he's he is a heel though. Like he is definitely I think you want to punch him in the face. <laughs> so. Yes. Now after this, there was a video package for the Fire and Flavor match. Mm. Covered them. Then it talks Jazz's retirement, Jordan yeah. Grace, Rachel Ellering coming into the equation. This was and what we leads, got wrong. This leads us to the knockouts tag match. Byron Flava versus Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Yes. Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Like, I've I've seen Rachel Ellering live. Her and Jordan Grace are such a physically imposing team once you see them in the ring and once you see them next to Fire and Flava. Solid action in this match. Yeah. I don't decide. I think the four of them really held this down. Fine. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Like I said, I we we got this one wrong. We thought for sure that it was going to be a good debut for them, but they were going to take the belts off of Fire and Flavor already. But they did. They did, and I'm glad they did because once you got to look at Rachel Ellering with Jordan Grace, and it's like, oh, these two gel really well together. They look like an imposing force. They look like a female Road Warriors or Steiner Brothers team. And, yeah, I was very happy they did put the belts on them. Yeah, there was only a couple minor botches on Ellering's part, but I mean, th this is her first time on really American TV. They made a point to say that she went over to Japan to get her experience. Mm. So I got no real complaints. Following this, there was a video package from Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan outlining their match. This this was the match that I didn't have a ton of excitement for. They delivered. It was going to look good, but they more than delivered. There mm -hmm. was some. Miguel took some hellacious bumps. He was yeah. thrown to the floor early in this match, landed on his back. He went through the ropes to the barricade, landed on that power bomb on the backstage box, slam on the upside down table where he was like on the legs of the table with yeah, his yeah. back. That's the first. Pile driver on the edge of the steps slash the edge of the ring. <laughs> there were a ton of spots in this, but Trey Miguel barely wins by standing up. This was the first last man standing match where I thought they really did a good job of having them kind of race to stand up and the difficulty within. Yeah, but by the way, I don't know if she's going to put this on, on YouTube, but uh, I just noticed it says Packer Billion 21 preview. 
don't know if you wanted that to be a review, but <laughs> yeah, that's supposed to be a review, but that's fuck right, it. man. Fuck it. <laughs> You know, we're, not uh, we're about we 20 minutes in. We got, what, maybe 14 minutes to our live show. That's right, baby. We got about 14 minutes sleep. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, I did just wake up maybe 10 minutes before I <laughs> messaged you. I've been staring Fans. at my phone screen for a while, too. I think both our eyes look like we've been hanging out with Snoop Dogg for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> channeling our little our inner matt riddle if you will yes a randy orton quote if yes, you haven't is. heard randy orton on the kurt angle kurt show, angle that, show. Was, that was a really good interview i thought but let's get yeah. back let's get back to that yeah. review Rick- for ray miguel sammy callahan you talked about that and i'll just quickly say for me yeah right up there with the x division and the main event i mean uh, it was one of my favorite matches of the night. It is in that top three. There were a lot, there were a lot of good matches, so uh, it's almost hard to pick one. But yeah, that was good. I really enjoyed that match. Yeah. Now, Rich Swan did a backstage interview, kind of hyping. You're coming into my house, like really setting himself as the Impact Champion. Following that was a Finn Juice Good Brothers video package. Now, Good Brothers versus Finn Juice for the Impact Championship. I thought. This was a wild match. Now, yeah, Gallo's yeah. entrance gear, red leather jacket, that uh, like hat, leather <laughs> hat, his banglies. Yeah. <laughs> Weird entrance gear, but this match lived up to everything you could hope. <laughs> Finjuice kept the title, which I think <laughs> is good for that for that kind of relationship with New Japan. Sure, sure. Keeps those channels flowing and could that be another belt that that kenny omega goes for next we will have to see <coughs> we will have to see i'm uh i was a fan of the match thought it was solid and unlike you i was a little more surprised at the ending i thought for sure gals and anderson were going to walk away back with the straps but i was not disappointed i like the booking here so good job now we have a backstage interviewer going to interview kenny omega but don Callis comes out says he's getting ready for his match so good Don is willing to take the interview, cuts a little promo. Then we go to a video package featuring Deanna Perrazzo talking about her retiring jazz, lining up how Tennille got in the match. And our second to top match, Deanna Perrazzo versus Tennille Dashwood for the knockouts title. Tennille showing off some real wrestling skills in this match. I thought she was impressive. I don't think Perrazzo needed all the outside interference she received to no, no. look strong, but maybe that was to make Tennille look strong. Mm-hmm. I thought it was odd, but Deanna pulled off the win as I thought she should. <clears throat> and then Taylor Wilde came out at the end. I'm not familiar with her at all. Mm-hmm, I haven't mm-hmm. kept up with a ton of impact over the years, maybe within the last five, but she was all new to me. Yep, she's yep. been an impact before. Actually, believe it or not, AJ would probably know the most out of her. He was watching Impact around that time period because we've all kind of gone in and out of Impact over the years. And I think he is familiar with the Taylor, Taylor Wild years. But that motherfucker ain't here. So <laughs> instead, I'll just tell you, I've heard good things. I think she was a firefighter in her time off. I saw an interview with her recently. I want to say it was Sunday night's main event. And she's Seems like an awesome person behind the scenes. So <clears throat> great to have her back. I can't wait to see what she does in this already loaded women's division. 
I didn't care for her theme music. I remember I heard some of it. I thought it was like some Barbie doll kids bubblegum shit. But that was me. Oh, one thing I will say, Rachel Ellering, I mean, you had commented uh, not a lot earlier in a uh, big stage. She was in the May Young Classic two years ago, and she did. Oh yeah, she has bounced and done some matches yeah. in NXT. I think she's done some in Impact as well. She even did an AEW Dark not too long ago recently. So, huh? uh, but yeah, cool for see Rachel Allring, uh get her moment of spotlight. And segue back to this match. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Taylor Wilde does because I have not as familiar with her work either and uh man impact has got a strong strong women's division all right now to finish this up real quick we had a video package showing us that the next pay-per-view is under siege saturday may 15th against all odds is after that june yes. 12th and then slam is in july this is important to note because there was samoa joe imagery in this commercial oh, yeah among others yeah, I was going to say, somebody else I didn't recognize. They had Okada. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I missed that one, too. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're previewing some big things, or potentially. Uh, this is kind of like last year. This is what they did last year, too. Remember, WWE released a bunch of people, and then yep. they started, like, hinting at that. It's, like, going to be a yearly thing. WWE fires some impacts, like, we got you. <laughs> so, now, the video package before this Rich Swan-Kenny Omega match, just highlighting the match, showing all the stuff they've done on TV. And the main event of the night, Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, title versus title. Going in, this had a big fight feel. Dave, we are up against the live show right now. So I love it, love it. I you give us this. a quick rundown of what you thought. I'll give us a quick rundown. Absolutely. And then we will close this preview up and get on to big business. It, it, tonight. Important thing we have to note, Mauro Inaro was here to announce and commentate the main event. He added so much to this he made this feel so much more special and i think the idea of having marl maybe come in and do a few of these main events once in a while would be something really really cool i think he added great energy and just a ton and also at the end of the day i thought rich held his own he looked good but i also thought we saw why kenny omega is indeed one of the best in the world and gotta strap that title on him baby go all the way like this had a big fight feel i don't know if it was title versus title the way they did the ring entrances either way big match good back and forth i think they had enough believability in there to make you think rich swan could win yeah. but in the end kenny omega hits him with the one winged angel becomes our impact and AEW champion and this basically kind of leaves the bigger question which if you're listening to this we will have talked about on the live show the night before where do we see kenny omega going from this where yeah, do we yeah. see impact wrestling going from this but fans thank you for joining us for this impact rebellion 2021 review even though it says preview, fuck <laughs> a screen, graphic on the screen. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Shout out to my Shout girls. Dave, you know what the music Ooh. means. How's it going today? Oh, baby, it's going so good. I got these hoes out here testing me. <laughs> I got all kinds of things going on. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, baby. What you listening to? Hey. Oh, you know, that's our that's the 531 theme music because this week we are talking 531 top WWE slash WWF feuds. Volume two, really. This is actually the second time we've done this list, but I don't remember the first one. 
So uh, any Me fans neither. out? Yeah, yeah. So any fans out there? We didn't go back and listen to it. Fuck you. We were busy. So if you remember, go back and look and see if it's the exact same one. I'm kind of curious how we make out with this. But yeah, we're uh, out in these streets finding how many people makes a party, but today. We are talking huge. Yeah, and we, I'm going to kick off with Scott from Voluntown. Kick it That's off, baby. That's about as scary as that story he's going to get. Scott, he's got, he's got WWF versus WCW. Mm-hmm. Austin versus McMahon. Ultimate Warrior versus the English language. Brett versus Sean. And WWE writers versus the fans. I remember that one from the last time. That's one of the ones that I always remember. He's got some good singers right there. That's Scotty. <laughs> yeah, Ultimate Warrior definitely butchered the English language as well as the in-ring work. Mm. Um, I think the WWF versus WCW feud, probably one of the... It, it, it is the biggest in history. It's bigger than New Japan and All Japan. Bigger than what? Mid-South and Crockett? Uh, yeah, no, there's no comparison. When you look at the real... WCW versus W, not the invasion angle they did, which even did a good business for them in the beginning, but the actual real WCW versus WWE feud, like, I mean, that's the biggest box office of all time. It's still, nothing can touch that. Ratings will never be the same. Yeah, the Monday Night Wars are talked about, and it's something that it seems like Vince wants to recreate, or the wrestling business in itself is recreating, like we just recently had with the Wednesday Night Wars. Which yeah, is it really yeah, war or is it just two programs on at the same time? That's so hard to say nowadays because I mean, think about it. Like WWE is such a different place now too. They have like more money than ever. Their ratings are down, but they're also spread out over like three different brands now. So it's really hard to say. I just look at it as like, yeah, it was kind of two shows around the same time, but one of them was really put there just to hurt the other. And then, thankfully, somebody stepped in and said, hey, why don't you move that show to another night? <laughs> so, Which I think is great for wrestling fans. I can watch both shows now. And both shows... Now are, we have wrestling every night. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's a lot of wrestling, but watch what you want. You got to start making cuts. Not everybody can make it to WrestleMania, and probably not everybody can be on your show during the week. And you know what? If you do want to watch them all, there's DVR. There's ways of getting around it. So just do what you like, folks. Yeah, now Calm who do you down. got? There ain't no reason to get upset. This ain't no war. <laughs> now, who do you got for a first list this week? I'm gonna the man who came up with this idea, and I don't think he knew that we had done this before, and I didn't tell him because I'm forgetful. Mikey and Brad always contributing stuff. He hey, got, if he's gonna suggest a list, we should do it. You know, he's damn right. He always, yeah, he always brings it. So he's he wants to make a suggestion. He's getting out here. All right, and we got Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts and Macho Man Randy Savage, Bret Hart and HBK. John Cena and Rock and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. A lot of good ones here. I'm going to say Jake the Snake and Macho Man. I mean, the first time I ever saw a friggin' cobra bite somebody's arm in a wrestling ring. Might be the only time, too. So, just amazing. I know Jake the Snake told a story on Joe Rogan about how Macho Man was super paranoid behind the scenes and made Jake actually have the snake bite him to make sure there was no venom in the snake <laughs> beforehand. It's crazy that he'll be willing to go along with the spot. You just got to make the snake bite you. And it's like, right. all right. Yeah. He's like, have him bite you in the sure. leg. And Jake was like, my dick isn't good enough? Thanks. Awesome, I got a dick. <laughs> now, the next list I'm going to bring is from Jake St. John, author of Night Full of Diamonds, available now on Amazon. That's our boy. Order one. Put our man there. 
Now I've got, he's got Brett versus Sean, Austin McMahon, Savage Flair, hmm. Brian Authority, and Demolition Colossal Connection. It's an interesting one to bring in there. Yeah, Demolition actually got their third WWF World Tag title reign over the Colossal Connection of Andre the Giant Haku, which was a very interesting feud at the time because Demolition were running roughshod over everybody. The Road That's Warriors like 788, right? What's that? That's 8788. Somewhere uh, in that time frame? I would say more 89, because Legion of Doom is going to come there at 90, and Demolition have the tag belts back by then. So, yeah. I just uh, asked because I've been watching a lot of that old WWF, and I have seen Haku and Andre. I was I might, I must have been watching 88 then. Yeah, it could have been 88 89. I think this particular feud, but I did see them as a team, and... I didn't put them together as the colossal connection for some oh, yeah, reason. Yeah, what a badass, like behind the scenes, too, huh? You imagine, like, you ain't taking liberties with Haku and Andre in the ring. <laughs> that shit no. But Jake, he's got a lot of heavy hitters on here. Brett Sean is going to show up on a lot. Austin McMahon. Savage Flair is one that I was happy to see. And yeah. Brian Authority, <laughs> probably mm -hmm. underrated. I don't know how many people are going to pick it. But it did provide the best baby face run Brian might have had in the company. It did. And it was very natural. It was very organic. It was something the WWE, you could tell, did not want to get over. And it did. And um, it really put Brian on the map even till now. I think he still gets one of the biggest reactions when we do have fans, you know, in arenas. So super cool to see that on us. 100%. Now, who do you have, Nate? I got Mike Flynn. He's got from NXT. Going down the NXT brand. He's got Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh, uh, I didn't even think about NXT. That's such a good pick. Yeah, it is a great pick. Austin versus Rock. Rock versus Triple H. HBK versus Jericho. And again, we're going down to NXT again with this one, really, I think, for their, at least their prime battles. Although they would be on the main roster again later. I'm talking Bailey and Sasha. Obviously, their NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, I believe, 2015, was one of the best matches of all time. Yeah. Damn, I, I'm i really upset I didn't pick think NXT as far as like WWE, WWF feuds. Because for me, it's like classic era. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't really have anything newer. But we got the real ZSJ, Zack St. John. He's got Savage Hogan, Austin McMahon, Brett Sean. Jericho, Sean, and Austin and Brett. Austin and Brett. Yeah. You know, I forgot to put that on my list. That should definitely be one that's in there for sure. I mean. Savage Hogan uh, is a major one, but that's more a classic to us. Yeah. Austin and Brett is. Uh, that, distracted to say. Brother. What's that? Getting distracted by those texts. <laughs> I'm actually trying to track down our next guest list, but I am receiving Did it. You bring us a list, brother? No, 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 no. That was my boy. That was my boy, Pete Pulowski. What's up, Pete? If you're listening, I shout out your full name on the show. <laughs> shout out to Pete going out there and getting his life. Kayfabe. Yeah, he's getting his life taken care of, baby. He's doing big things. Shout out to the man who helps me out behind the scenes out here. <laughs> Gets my uh, castle looking good and uh, all kinds of shit. So. I know, though. Isn't that important, though? Like, if you're doing something that you're not enjoying in life, mm. that you kind of take the you take your own steps to be able to turn your life around and live a life that you want to, not to get too deep. Absolutely, or, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, this, my boy Pete is making some changes in his life at 26. He's jumping on things as well as he should, and I'm proud of the kid. And yeah, he helps me out with stuff all the time. And that's something too. So two life lessons we'll 
shit on you today. Yes, don't be afraid to take the jump and also put good people in your life around you. If you hang out with dog shit, you're going to become dog shit. That's how it goes, baby. You're going to smell like dog shit. Don't hang out with dog shit. Woo! That's all I got to say. That's, your, that's today's... I'm giving you pearls. Today's public service announcement from the Working Fans Podcast. Now, next list I got, Kevin Dignam. He's got Hogan Andre 87, Savage Steamboat, which once again, upset I didn't put on there. Zabisco Bruno. You can almost tell the are old school. Yes. I actually got a DVD set because it contains matches from that feud on it. So Mm. Taker HBK and Cena Nexus. I really like that list. Hogan Andre, that's classic. Mm-hmm. Savage Boat, pissed I didn't use it. And Zabisco Bruno, one of the classic stories out there. And a storyline we brought up <clears throat> recently with the QT Marshall and Cody yeah. Rhodes. Yes. Yeah, there are little similarities. You know what's funny, though? I didn't really I didn't care for uh, Cena and Nexus, but I really like the fact it made his list with all the other lists because it shows what a real scope and variety this guy has on this list like he has a lot of interesting stuff that he's into i like originality so my man dingman there kevin dingham is that his name dignum dignum yep dignum yeah well he's don't get indignant with me joseph <laughs> <laughs> hey at least we didn't give you that man from illinois that lost his father that you would wrestle with his last name with i uh, did struggle and uh we're happy that well we're not happy well we hope he's doing okay and <laughs> our thoughts are with him yes <laughs> He's doing as good as can be expected. Shout out to Chris Zauha. Rest in peace, Big Al. You got a list from him? Speaking of Al, I've got Albert Bettis. He's got Brett versus Sean. Hogan versus Savage. Rock versus Austin. Hogan versus Piper. And Hogan versus Andre. That is, that's a diverse list, but a diverse classic list. And I mean, really, what, our golden age, mid-80s to mid-90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a thousand percent. When you talk about classics, though, when you talk about the golden age, it's got to be this next guy I got to list from right here, Randy Osga, all right? The golden age. I wasn't age. sure if it was going to be Randy or AJ. No, I didn't get a list from AJ. I did not. I, I kind of mentioned him to like, get me a list if he could or we could do it, but we, we didn't get in touch in time. So, AJ, if you're out there, I'll take the heat on this one. All right. I know you want to be here. All right, we got... From Randy Osga, Austin versus Rock, Jericho versus HBK. Jericho versus HBK, I think it's the second time that made a list. Hogan versus Piper, Austin McMahon, and Randy stinking Gargano God, versus Ciampa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to go Gotch versus Hackenschmidt. No, no. Incest. Gargano, Gargano versus Ciampa, that's another good, another time that I, it's popping up and I'm pissed it's not on my list. They're all insects to the great Kenny Omega, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, you want to give us another list? Because I ran off a couple in a row there. Uh, you did. You did. But I think you got more to me. So I got our boy. How many lists you got left, actually? I got one more and myself, too. I got two, two more lists altogether. All right. I'll knock off a couple lists because I got two more plus me. Okay. We shouted him out earlier. Chris Zauha. He's got Hogan versus Orndorff. Hogan versus Piper. Hogan versus Savage. Brett versus Sean and Rock versus Austin. Brett versus Sean making some lists. I'm happy to see that. Two of my yeah, favorites. That's, that's definitely ta- been on a few. Now, Jason Gross has DX versus the Nation of Domination. Wait, I think you gave me his list, actually. <laughs> I didn't read that. Oh, didn't you I that? did. Uh, uh, yeah, I well, didn't cross him out. Why, 
Why don't you tell them who they got after DX? All right, Jason Gross. He gave us DX versus the Nation of Domination, Taker no versus way. Mankind and Kane. What? I said no way. Like it surprised me. It was a joke that. <laughs> okay, died right. Sorry, it died. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Austin versus McMahon. The Dudleys versus the APA. ENC, also known as Edge and Christian, versus the Hardy Boys. And Hogan versus Ted DiBiase. So, solid list by my man right there. Solid list. DX versus Nation. I'd want to go back and watch, definitely. Jason Gross is the guy who went to see Ronnie Garvin versus Ric Flair when he was like seven years old. Hell of a fucking hell of a show to see. (laughs) He mentioned it on the live show. I was happy. (laughs) He did. Now, I'll give you my list next. I got Hogan versus Andre. Flair versus Savage, Austin McMahon, Austin Brett, and Vince versus the fans. I see it less as the WWE writers versus the fans and more Vince as the head of that group that just, I, it almost seems like they don't give fans what they'd want to see. It's, it's a very weird relationship he has. Yeah. A lot of times uh, he definitely loves to give what he wants. He knows what's best for us. Don't you forget it, pal. <laughs> well, I got a couple less left. I got my own, and I got this guy right here. Jesse from New Hampshire. We're not going to forget about you. Rock versus Austin. Austin versus McMahon. Hardys versus East, ENC and the Dudleys. Cena versus Edge. And of this one, a very, very personal feud, Matt Hardy versus Edge. Based on the real life things that were going on, where Edge started dating Matt Hardy's real life girlfriend, Lita. That's a hell of an idea. That well, I didn't even like. I was thinking more storyline feuds. There are a few like that throughout the WWE time frame. Like JBL versus Blue Meanie was one mm-hmm. for a while. HBK and Brett. I mean, that was real life and storyline. So I mean, again, that made our list. But you know, what I mean, yeah, there's that thing where it weaves in and out. Hogan and Savage. Had some real life heat at times. Yes. Now, going over these lists. Going over these lists. We got one more list. Hold your damn horses here. <laughs> I'm skipping got... over you, brother. I'm like, nah, man. We, we could do it without you. <laughs> Hogan versus Rowdy Piper. Hogan versus Andre. Austin versus McMahon. HBK versus Brett. And Rock versus Austin. I went with heavy hitters. Yeah, and that really kind of leads me to where I was going. So it's got to be Austin McMahon makes the list, right? I think so. And Sean and Brett. I've seen that pop up on a few. And Hogan Andre. Get that last slide. Yeah, I think I would do. Yeah, we'll go with that. Now, Mm -hmm. talk about a tough time. Let's talk about this before we boot anybody. What goes into a good feud in your eyes i mean as far as wwe making the company for a amount of time because it seems like when wwe is at its best it's writing one Mm -hmm. of those major feuds you know like austin mcmahon set up what the modern era sure carried the attitude era arguably Mm -hmm. yeah hogan andre i feel like set off that first run that the wwf had when Mm -hmm. they became a major player it was first couple wrestlemanias sean and brett was a good feud but it yeah but it came at a time when the wwe was only so big you know the few either side of it were so much larger no reason why i asked this though is because and I'm, I was thinking we boot that one too, but I do want to point out, as devil's advocate, just for food for thought, out of all three of these, the most personal actual feud 
is Brett and HBK. It is, but I think this is about box it, office. It's though. because they're all like they're all three iconic feuds, mm-hmm. but two resulted in box office. And I okay. think if we have to find a criteria to set them apart, box office might have to be it because otherwise these all hold like a important place in our minds. So, I mean, I hate to do it to Sean and Brett, but compared to those other two, it's now is the tough part. Mm -hmm. This is almost saying, this is almost like saying which period of WWE was more important. The golden era of the eighties or the the attitude era era of the nineties that really pushed things. God, so much further than I think anybody might've thought they would have gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue that happened in the 80s because they got exponentially bigger. Mm-hmm. But the 90s allowed wrestling to change from what it had been to what it is. I got to go. Uh, I'm going to say Austin McMahon is so much bigger because it allowed so much of the audience. In addition to having that box office, it allowed people to live out that fantasy of telling your boss to get fucked yeah. and <laughs> get stunner and getting out of there and it's a lot easier to get behind than a giant man battling an actual giant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And if we're talking box office, Hogan and Andre had the box office records, obviously, for attendance and stuff like that. But if you look at everything um, Austin McMahon did in terms of buy rates, pay-per-views, houses, like every week on Raw and house shows, it was just the biggest time in the business for as long as it lasted. Yeah, didn't they say one year Austin might have cleared a million in merch sales or I royalties? I think it was a it was a quarter. So it was like like maybe three months basically. <laughs> yeah, he had about a million in merchandise. Yeah, but so. yeah, that shirt was on fire for the longest time. Absolutely. So there you so have I mean, it. I Dave, think that's it. Yeah, you know what the music means, man. Austin versus McMahon is our top WWE WWF feud. And let us know. Hit us up on the Facebook. Email us. Get us on Twitter at Fans Working, Working Fans Podcast Facebook page. Get in our YouTube comments. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, and we will see you next week. And remember. Don't hang out with dog shit. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.